Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GSU ENI Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Marquez Harrington with EduSophic Curriculum Development and Solutions. Welcome. Hey, how you doing today? I am doing well. I am so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about your business. How are you serving folks? Well, you know, for, for one, you know, I'm from this, uh, the Atlanta, Georgia area, and, you know, as a teacher of 14 years or so, um, I've come up with this company to address uh, the disconnect between a lot of educational curricular and pedagogy and strategies and the actual local communities that present themselves with the children there. So EduSophic is kind of a connect where we want to leverage technology, specifically virtual reality platforms, to do this kind of work, to kind of... Uh, create and design and construct curriculum that addresses this gap. So now, um, who is the buyer of your service? Is it the um, educational institutions or is it the consumer? Right. So uh, we want to direct this towards school districts, obviously. Uh, I know oftentimes it's difficult to kind of get in school districts just because of kind of the standardized thing and, you know, making sure that things are aligned according to the standards. So, in addition to school districts, we also want to uh, look at after-school programs. We want to look at charter schools. We want to look at private schools. Uh, just basically any place that has kind of this uh, this educational uh, p- component to them. So now, walk me through. Say I am. Uh, say I own a private school, and uh, you come to me and you go, "Hey, I got this great idea. Tell me, so, pitch me on it. Tell me how it works and why I should be considering it." So, hey, this is this is EduSophic. And basically what we would do is we would come to you. Uh, I have a research team that would come and we would just talk about, hey, you know, what are some challenges that you're having within the community um, and what kinds of, of curricular things can we do to uh, connect what's going on in the classroom, which oftentimes is a traditional one size fits all deal to more of a localized, customized curriculum. And what we do is we provide this on an immersive VR platform, right? So all of the things that you might be dealing with, especially in this time of COVID where kids are disengaged and they're disinterested and there's a lot of lag and there's a lot of uh, of space where kids are behind uh, instructionally, okay? Uh, You now get the opportunity to have these experiences which bring your kids back up to speed. It's an engaging experience. And of course, uh, we're the ones designing it based upon our collaboration, not necessarily a collaboration of some other textbook or some other curriculum approach that has nothing to do uh, with your local conditions. Now, is is some of the learning going to be kind of uh, the nuts and bolts of learning like math and English and science, or is it more kind of the social sciences? Is it more the softer things? Like what is the like what are my students going to learn specifically? Are they going to learn math better because of this? Got gotcha. you. So what we're doing is is we're using engineering as a foundation, right? So the idea is to 
uh, come up with solutions that are local to communities. And in that, we offer or then add in the relevant mathematics that goes with that. So if I need to plot lines or no speed rates or, you know, whatever rate I need, for example, then, then that will become a part of that. Uh, we're also writing in this whole uh, language, language arts and, and writing component, right? Because I think the misnomer with engineering is the fact that you don't have to write or, or, or to communicate, you know, what you're doing to other groups of people or other factions of people. So then there's a there's a there's a there's a part there where we can say, OK, let's go ahead and do some writing in terms of proposals. OK, so so the other thing, apart, the other thing about this is, is that these uh, uh, things that that students will be coming up with, let's say the proposals, for example, they can go to state officials uh, and, and actually propose some of this stuff. So then, like, when you say it's kind of customized to the environment, it's yeah. a, so, like, if I was in a, maybe a, a farming part of the country, sure. then the examples and maybe the um, kind of the, the immersion would be farm-oriented because that's what those folks are doing as opposed to somebody that's maybe in an urban setting would be more of kind of a city-type environment, and those would be the examples? Absolutely. So, for example, um, you know, I found this out just recently. Uh, Georgia is number five in the world, right, in terms of chicken production. We're talking about, you know, cutting the chicken and packaging it and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, so I'm in the process of partnering with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has a VR uh, thing going on over there. But what they're doing is they're looking at ways to um, troubleshoot some of the issues that, that, that are happening. So say, for example, uh, with packaging chicken, right? You know, you have to have 20 people in there per line, 100 people, you know, in some plant, and they have to cut the chicken, they have to process it. These are long hours. So we're trying to figure out how to bring in um, some type of robotic sense or, some, or something where we don't have as much human labor in this case. So what Georgia Tech is doing there is they're interfacing uh, experts, it could be scientists, you know, they could be there or across the country. They're interfacing these, these, these experts with, uh, in a VR kind of way, right? With the, with the robots that can then do this work. So for example, this would be how you would go and, you know, use a VR platform to kind of address some, some, some challenges. So we're in the, we're, we're in the process off of this, trying to figure out, well, how can we then kind of uh, translate this into more of an educational setting, you know, for engineering students. Right. So then, I mean, I definitely see a place for it, especially with the remote learning, um, yes. because uh, a lot of students' engagement levels are probably at all-time lows in terms of them, definitely. them, you know, even dealing with other people in their class. It's just imp almost impossible nowadays. It really takes a, a, an effort that is... Um, Maybe it's just not engaging enough, so I can see the value there. Is it, do you think that this is uh, also suited for those businesses? So as a training tool, you know, outside of the you know the typical young student, but maybe the adult learner, to helping them train and and immerse themselves in this type of knowledge and learn faster. Oh, absolutely, and I think the trend that we're realizing here is we're moving towards a more of a digital world, right? We, it's already started with our smartphones. And then of course with COVID, 
uh, you know, teachers had to learn how to leverage virtual learning and virtual technology. So we're moving towards that. Okay, the next best th the next best thing on that track is the virtual reality component. And I think because of the fact it is an immersive experience where you're able to kind of, uh, and this is for uh, kids and parents alike to kind of uh, block out those distractions and be immersed in a world where they can be creative and have this uh, experience, right? Where they're able to engage, you know, with uh, interactive objects and, and, and do that kind of thing. I think it's definitely going to serve its purpose and be an advantage moving forward for, you know, again, students and, and parents and, and, and adults and kids alike uh, to really use this as a powerful learning tool. Now, um, a lot of folks are struggling with just having the equipment they need and the resources they need to just have an online experience in this remote world that we're kind of playing around with. How do you um, kind of deal with that where this requires even more technology and more actual physical equipment? Very good question. See, and the thing about that is we definitely want to target uh, or, or present the VR as kind of like the centerpiece, right? But this does not uh, negate other uh, what we call edtech platform approaches. So it really depends upon, you know, what level of technology you, you know, you're dealing with. Some, like you said, are ready to go to that VR next level. Some schools and some organizations are just like, you know, well, uh, we'll just get into, you know, Google sites, you know, or, you know, whatever this simple ed tech platform may be. So we're willing and we're, and we're, and we're definitely able to kind of address that whole spectrum of technology. So now how, uh, what stage of a business are you at now? Like conceptually, it sounds very strong and, per, and you're very persuasive. Are, do you have, are you beta testing this anywhere? Has anybody raised their hand to say, hey, let, you know, let's, We'll be the guinea pig for this. <laughs> Good question. So because of the nature of where I work, I work at a museum um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And because of the fact that I'm, number one, able to create uh, these programs to go out into the Cap County schools. And then number two, kids come to the museum and we're able to create programs there. So I have absolute autonomy to be able to create stuff. So to answer your question, I've already been beta testing. Um, I have a group of ninth grade engineering students. And a lot of these things, um, these concepts in terms of, of, of community value and trying to circulate that community value, and then using these tools. We've just got some VR headsets in not, a, not, you know, not too long ago. We've been dealing with coding and robots and that kind of thing. So this uh, process is already in motion. And, uh, you know, I've gotten some feedback and I've, and I've gotten some results so far. So everything looks positive and you're just looking to kind of roll it out into more environments? Yes, absolutely. So it, it's, it's a thing of where we're now trying to say, okay, well, we know that coming back in schools from COVID-19 and this break that we've had, right, we're going to be reconceptualizing education as we move forward. What does that look like? And then how does VR come into play in, in terms of, of being able to take advantage of this time? where we now may have more, uh, more efficient and more effective means by which to meet, our, you know, meet, meet the needs of our kids. So now, how did you get involved with the Main Street Entrepreneurship Seed Fund? Well, I am a current uh, doctoral student there. I'm a fifth-year doctoral student, and my background, of course, is in you know, math education. So uh, I just happened to kind of start this company, um, just feeling like it, it's time, it's just time to do it, right? 
Uh, and, and, you know, I get the emails, you know, so I happen to see, you know, the mainstream entrepreneurship fund uh, email saying that this is what they were looking for. So, you know, as they say, I just shot my shot, you know, <laughs> and uh, here we are. So now what have you gained from going through the program? Oh, wow. Uh, just the, 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 the knowledge of all of the things that you have to be cognizant of in, in order, number one, to run a business, um, all the things in terms of, like, you know, the accounting part of it, the, the customer discovery part of it, uh, the pitching part of it, um, and all of these things coming together uh, to be able to, to run a viable business and be knowledgeable about all parts of it. So now, um, any advice for other folks that are in that startup mode that have an idea but haven't really taken the leap yet? Any advice for those folks to, uh, you know, maybe gather the courage and resources to take the leap? Absolutely. And the number one thing is, is to trust yourself. I know that may sound cliche, you know, but, you know, the idea is, is that um, once you get going, and once you are showing that momentum, then you'll have where people who can help you along the way and who will help you along the way uh, will start to see you and start to gravitate towards you. And you'll notice that doors that you didn't even know were there, uh, it will start to be open for you. So absolutely. And if somebody wants to learn more about this project, uh, is there a website or what's the best way to connect with you? Maybe through LinkedIn or through some social platforms? Um, they can contact me through email right now. I'm in the process of getting uh, the website, uh, the final website, um, kind of uh, ready to go. Um, and that'll happen in a matter of another week or so. Uh, but for right now, if you want to hit me at edusophic, that's E-D-U-S-O-P-H-I-C at gmail.com, you can get in touch with me and we can, we can chat, we can talk. Well, congratulations on all the success. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you for having me today. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on GSU ENI Radio.